This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Well, hello and welcome back to the E-Commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters, Head of Retail Strategy at Acadia, and it's just me again today doing a solo episode. I wanted to talk about walmart.com actually, and a few reasons why I'm really bullish on walmart.com in 2023. As a little bit of background, uh, I, along with many people in the space and brand side marketers as well, have really wanted to see Walmart sort of emerge and start sort of delivering as a a true competitor to Amazon. Amazon is very powerful, um, has a lot of market power and control, and a lot of brands sort of feel beholden to Amazon and they say jump and you've got to say how high because they're just so ubiquitous within um, online, the world of online retail. And so many, especially in the US, households are prime members and it's the default place to go to search for something. It's just, we all want a little bit more competition and another real viable competitor that spans across you know, most selling categories to be able to challenge Amazon a little bit and provide a, a secondary marketplace channel for brands across different categories. And so since like, I feel like since 2017, really, <laughs> um, there have been these little glimmers of, of hope for walmart.com emerge as a viable competitor to Amazon, at least online. I know in, in store and super centers is obviously the focus and um, where there is that they're very, very strong and have a unique advantage there. But I'm just talking about walmart.com and the shopping app, obviously. In 2020, actually, I remember going to the Etail West conference in Palm Springs. This was like a, a month or two before, maybe even weeks before COVID actually sort of landed in Seattle. And anyway, that was where uh, Walmart first announced Walmart fulfillment services. And I was so excited because a big barrier for a lot of brands to be selling on walmart.com was the absence of a equivalent to fulfilled by Amazon FBA. And so Walmart fulfillment services was like one missing piece in the puzzle required for for Walmart to really step up as a competitor. And um, ever since then, but particularly in 2022 and 2023, Walmart has been coming to the table with lots of the things, if not all the things required for brands to really seriously consider walmart.com as a their sort of next big marketplace partner and retail media partner as well. So I'm going to get into a few more reasons besides Walmart fulfillment services that I think walmart.com is really going to sort of ignite in 2023. So I want to start with some research from our good friends over at Stradably, who run a a survey at the start of the year asking brands, and these are typically like mid-sized to enterprise brands participating in these benchmarks, um, how is your Walmart ad spend as a percentage of your Walmart sales changing this year? 
And 38% of respondents said that their ad spend would be increasing. And this is against like as a percentage of Walmart sales. So brands are finding Walmart advertising more compelling. And I think a big reason for that is in 2022, Walmart finally changed their advertising auction format to a second price auction away from a first priced auction. And a lot of people are going to be familiar with this and have understand it, but just the the high level explanation of that is if you bid, you bid 60 cents on a click on Amazon and the next closest bid from a competitor, which you don't get to see, but is sort of behind the scenes. Let's say your next closest competitor bids 50 cents on that click. You will not pay the 60 cents that you bid, but you will pay 51 cents. So you'll be just ahead of the closest competitor for that auction. And so that means it's it's more cost effective than a first price auction, which would be if you bid 60 cents and another brand bids 50 cents for the same search term, you will be charged 60 cents. You'll be billed for everything that you bid on. So in general, that means that the first price auction is less provides less return on investment than a second price auction. And a first price auction in retail media was pretty uncommon as far as I know. I mean, I could certainly be wrong on this, but I don't I can't think of another retailer that was using a first price auction. Walmart was alone in that. And in <laughs> in our world just it was just kind of confounding like how could this be so hard to switch over to second price auction? Everyone hates first price. It seems like Walmart could be a lot more attractive as an ad platform if they just changed this one thing. And in 2022, they finally did. And so we have seen as an agency far better return on ad spend on Walmart than what we were previously seeing. So that, you know, piece of the puzzle plugged in, check like we are good there. I think, you know, is Walmart advertising equivalent to Amazon today? Absolutely not. Amazon is still, you know, miles ahead of any other retail media platform with their pay-per-click capabilities and all of the different ad types available there. And then with the DSP as well, it's much more sophisticated than anyone else's right now. And then finally, Amazon Marketing Cloud, which we've spoken at length about kind of tying, now tying those two things together and giving us beautiful amounts of of data and insights about how customers are are shopping and the interaction between display ads and um, pay-per-click ads. But that said, Walmart has come leaps and bounds um, ahead of where it used to. And from that Stratably stat about more brands going to spend more of as a percent of their Walmart sales on ads, other brands are certainly coming to the table there. So that is reason number one I'm excited about Walmart is their advertising capabilities um, emerging stronger than ever. The second reason I'm excited about Walmart is, um, this is a, a fairly small one, it'll be quick, but it's that feature sets are back. And feature sets is basically Walmart's Um, equivalent of A plus content or enhanced brand content on a product page. So I think it was 2020 or 2021, 
Walmart took away that capability for a little while. It was, we didn't know why at the time. It was kind of strange. Like every, every other retailer is adding content capabilities. Why would Walmart take it away? It seemed quite strange. But I think that the, the general consensus in the space was that they needed to sort of pause that capability while they built some more out and gave brands the ability to to add things like videos and, and more rich content. So um, features, they're called feature sets on walmart.com. We can add them now again. We can create those immersive brand experiences like we're able to do on Amazon where we can share more details about the product, obviously, features and benefits, infographics, lifestyle images, videos, things like that as well. So now we have those back. We're able to sort of build a little bit more consideration and improve conversion rate on those product pages. So that is reason number two. Reason number three is that premium brands are now getting interested in walmart.com. And um, we've got a couple of sort of premium slash luxury brands in our um, client book at Acadia, who we've been supporting on Amazon for a number of years, who are now in 2023, now suddenly interested in Walmart. And these are like in their individual categories, luxury products. And anecdotally, I would love to see some data from Walmart on this. I have asked for it, but I haven't seen anything. Is It is a hypothesis that I have and a number of other people that the walmart.com shopper is of a different sort of socioeconomic status as a super center customer. And that for brands who are selling on walmart.com, either as a vendor or third party through the app on the web, these are, you're sort of accessing a different sort of group of customers with a different set of buying habits than you would by selling in the store. And not to say that you don't want to sell in the store and only online, it really depends on the brand. But that's just kind of what we're starting to see in behavior is a lot more people using Walmart, the the app and online experience. So I myself, I could count on one hand the number of times I've gone into a Walmart supercenter, not because I think I'm better than going into a Walmart, um, but just because I, it's not necessary for me, I guess, like I'm using the app Often I'll get a delivery the same day because there is a Walmart supercenter within um, five miles of where I live. So it's a great shopping experience. I'm finding the pricing is very competitive on the app compared to Amazon. And I think a lot of other people are cottoning onto that as well. They're seeing Walmart offer a lot of value in their assortment and pricing and also the online shopping experience at a point where not everyone, but in a number of geographies around the US, people are not getting that two-day delivery that Amazon has delivered on for a long time. They're seeing delivery times slow and the experience deteriorate a little bit. All while Walmart is now, you know, really starting to tap into this huge asset that they have, which is the many, many locations of super centers all around the states 
and the fact that 90% of the US population is within 10 miles of a super center, something like that. Like it's huge. So I ran a little poll on LinkedIn and I asked, how do you shop Walmart? All or mostly online, all or mostly store, both online and in store, or I don't shop from Walmart. I had 230 responses and the biggest group was I don't shop from Walmart, 37%. That's pretty interesting. Um, and um, But then it was an even split between all or mostly store, both online and in store, and all or mostly online. So there is a real mix here of people who are going to stores, but th- you know that all or mostly online, um, that was 21% of respondents and then um, both line and online and in-store, 21% as well. Um, but what I found sort of most interesting were the responses from colleagues, at, from brands and other agencies and things like that who, you know, this is a, you know, probably a, a you know higher income demographic in general but you know if someone on the brand side commented before covid we rarely shopped at walmart the stores were a mess and a lousy customer experience we were a Publix, kroger costco amazon family when inflation hit my wife pivoted to walmart curbside and now walmart plus and it is a pretty regular occurrence when you can get Walmart prices without having the Walmart shopping experience, it's a win-win. So yes, people are really tuning into the Walmart experience, especially, you know, these high income demographic families. A couple of comments like to temper this a little bit, and I think is totally fair. I lived in New York City for a number of years. There's not a Walmart in New York City. I think there might be one on Staten Island, but you should like the, the one that I would go to if I had to, was in New Jersey. So um, Travis Johnson over at Podian says, geography and transport would be big drivers of choice. New York City is impacted by both, for example. No Walmart close to where most people live and lower car ownership. So yeah, that would mean, that would skew the New York City population to be mostly app or online shoppers as well because going to a Walmart store in New York is like difficult and some other people saying same day delivery is big for me so Walmart is delivering on that so this is you know it was this is not a highly scientific study um, but it was interesting to me to see so many people comment that they were either not Walmart Supercenter customers and now they're using the app or they're finding a better experience with the delivery there So um, I think to my point, long-winded way to come back to this, I'm sorry, the luxury brands, the the premium brands in the skincare category or, you know, premium priced CPG products, they are finding walmart.com to be more attractive because there are, you know, there is a new sort of demographic shopping on the app and, and on the web than has been in super centers historically. So these brands are getting interested. They are, we are now speaking with more of these brands who were resistant to Walmart for a long time and are turning the corner on that. So two final points on why I'm excited about Walmart here. One is less competition. And I'm sort of nervous about 
overstating this so much because Walmart has changed their approach to who can sell on the marketplace. Once upon a time, you had to be a US company to sell on walmart.com. It was a requirement. You needed to have you know, a, a US EIN and be registered as a company in the United States. And that all changed very recently back in 2022, I believe. Walmart got rid of that requirement and now you can be a company registered anywhere and start selling on walmart.com. And the reason why I bring this up is a lot of brands struggle on Amazon with what we have coined at Acadia random factory brands. I'll be sharing a lot more about random factory brands. I think I spoke a little bit about them on the last episode, but these are brands that are not sold in stores. You wouldn't recognize them. They may have like a whole string of consonants for their brand name that you can't pronounce. They're just made up factory direct. I'm talking about typically from China and they are very opportunistic with copying other products, other brands, what's working well, seeing, you know, what are the top sellers in this category, going after them and, you know, low prices, doing a really good job at like coming up against very established brands because they they know how Amazon works. They're committed to it. It's their big channel. Um, they're advertising like everyone else. They're building content like everyone else. The funny English stuff is going away because, you know, now we can use chat GPT and, and create really good experiences, whether you, you know, have an English speaking copywriter on staff or not. Um, so anyway, this has become a real competition question on Amazon. And uh, my point here is that Walmart is not so different. Like there are less of these sellers on Walmart. I will dig up the exact stat, but um, there is certainly over a million sellers on Amazon and I think, you know, in the hundreds of thousands on Walmart. So the number of sellers is quite a lot smaller, um, which can be good, less competition, less people who've been, you know, there's less of a playbook with Walmart. So it's not as easy to get started. Walmart fulfillment services, as much as I talked that up at the beginning, it is not as straightforward as FBA. So that is an added challenge that that brands have coming to Walmart as well. So there's less competition overall, but I do want to caution that when we look at the number of new Walmart marketplace sellers in 2022, and this data is from Marketplace Pulse, 49.2% of new sellers in 2022 came from China. And that is higher than the percent from the US, which was closer to 47%. So more new sellers from China than the US in last year. And I don't expect random factory brands to avoid walmart.com as as even a playing field as it's ever been before. However, I will say there is less overall competition on Walmart just because the number of sellers is smaller. It is a smaller marketplace in terms of transaction volume and visits. So if you're any brand, whether you're a random factory brand or a national brand, you're going to start on Amazon. You go like that is the big opportunity. It's where there's more competition, but there's more traffic and more sales volume going through Amazon than anywhere else. 
uh, on, online. So everyone's going to start with Amazon and then eventually start looking at other marketplaces as well to get some incremental revenue. So Walmart is an obvious choice across all categories because it is a spans all, all, all categories really. But still, there's still less brands selling there or sellers selling there than there are on Amazon. And I don't expect that to 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 change. I still think it's going it's going to be second place and there will be less competition there, but it doesn't mean that there's not random factory brands and there won't be other competitors nipping at your heels there. Okay, and then the final final reason here is that and again this is one with a huge asterisk and uh sort of I want to temper my enthusiasm here a little bit because I, I this is not you know we're not around the corner with this but it's that brands have figured out where Amazon sits in their P&L and org structure the making the walmart.com conversation slightly easier and again I'm going out on a big limb because I still speak with many many brands who unsatisfied with how their organization views Amazon from a, you know, where do the sales get attributed to, who covers the ad spend, is there a different team covering brand ad spend to PPC ad spend, who's responsible here, is it sales, is it marketing, is there an e-com team, is there a center of excellence? There is no real standard way, and that might be another good episode to get into, but like I'm still seeing a variety of org patterns here, and largely it depends on the company's history and where they were they were built. And there's a, a lot of especially larger brands who are sales-driven organizations, and Amazon is a national account, and it sits in their sales team. So it's still not easy. Most, you know, rarely do I speak with anyone who loves how Amazon is treated within their org and funded, <laughs> but like we are getting there and and companies are figuring this out and understanding like if we fund this and resource this properly, we're going to have a better chance of success. And they're starting to see that. So we've come a long way. And I think that that makes walmart.com easier than it has been. The added complication with Walmart is a lot of these brands have a Walmart like store relationship and channel. So when they're looking at walmart.com, well, does that sit with the national account for Walmart stores? And in theory, the Walmart buyers are both in store and online. It throws up some unique challenges compared to Amazon because Amazon is an online retailer. Like there's no, there's no, well, unless you're talking about fresh or whole foods. So Walmart has some kinks <laughs> in the argument for sure. Um, and some unique challenges there. However, I think the Amazon experience has given brands a little bit more insight into the world of online retail and they're thinking about the Walmart experience a little bit differently than they may have five years ago where it would have been very cut and dry that a walmart.com relationship and sales and funding would sit with the same team that handles the Walmart Supercenter account. So again, I say easier 
not easy. And uh, hopefully, um, as as t- as time goes on, uh, we we see some more different models emerging here around sort of org chart and funding that provides a little bit more of a roadmap for different companies. So that's it. I think that that was um, five things I'm excited about with with Walmart in 2023, five or six. <laughs> I'll have to go back and and check the boxes. But yes, I think it is Walmart for every brand. No, I don't think so. Even Amazon is not for every brand. Is it for most brands today? Yeah, de- definitely getting closer. I think if you're a luxury brand, you should consider it, do some research, have a look at are your direct competitors there? Um, reach out to us at Acadia if you would like us to have a look and sort of share what's happening in your category and who is who is making ground. And, and it might be sort of surprising to you to see you know, what the sales volume looks like for competitors in your space who are premium. So yeah, absolutely. Reach out to us at Acadia, acadia.io, that's A-C-A, dia.io and you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn as well. I'm Kiri Masters. There's only one of me as far as I know and uh, we can we can have do an opportunity assessment for you. That's it for today. Hope you enjoyed this and um, as a sneak preview and announcement, um, I'm going to be working with my colleague Logan Nielsen who's been on the pod um, recently talking about Prime Day, we are going to be working together on a Walmart playbook for brands later in the year. We're planning to launch that in September and uh, we're going to be digging into all of this stuff in a lot more detail, ads, feature sets, fulfillment capabilities and options there, org charts. We're going to be covering it all. And uh, if you want to make sure that you are um, alerted to that research as it comes through, please sign up for our newsletter at acadia.io. There is a retail retail newsletter that we send out every week. And then you can also subscribe to this podcast as well. Hit the subscribe button. You'll see every episode come up. And uh, later in the year, we'll be talking a lot more about Walmart. So um, that will be your best chance of staying abreast there. Thank you for listening. Glad you could join me today and catch you next week.